And that's why I kicked your leg out of your leg. You will rest in peace. Basketballs don't hold grudges. He got a bicycle. Hello, and welcome to the WrestleCube. Oh, that was a, that was a breathy one. <laughs> it was a, it was ASMR for you lucky people oh, out there. Oh, yeah. I want to be yeah. inside of your ears. It's, it's it, I can't tell whether I, I like that or it's really disturbing. Uh, it's, it's, it's disturbing because you like it, Thomas. I, I mean, probably. Like Probably yeah. that's that's largely where where I normally fall with these things. Um, yeah, so uh, hello, if you're listening to this, which I mean, if you can hear this, obviously you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know why I said that; it's weird. Um, yeah, um, so we're back after a bit of a hiatus um, mm-hmm. since WrestleMania, mm-hmm. uh, which, if you listen to the mini episode that I put out, a uh, uh, solo recording that I did there last week, um, basically, uh, I don't, I can't speak for you, Daniel, but for me, certainly. Uh, for a little while there, my interest in wrestling took a little bit of a nosedive because Amen, I, brother. The the uh I think I've just beaten down by the old Thunderdome slash no fans era <laughs> of wrestling. It, it was too much. The quintessence circle of LED faces just screaming yeah. infinitely into the void was just I old, I, uh, I I do not want to watch any more sports without a crowd. Which is why I'm not bothering to watch the Olympics right now. I'm done. I can't watch it. Yeah, yeah, it it, it it's not great. Um, what I would say is, I, I do think that the uh, the return to crowds has been really good. So actually, mm. it, it, and both AEW and WWE have made some effort since the crowds have returned to actually do something with with their audience, which is great. Uh, so hopefully, yeah, hopefully that's all going to be fine. Um, and we'll delve into that in a in a minute. Um, well, I should delve into it now, I suppose. Uh, have you have you watched any wrestling recently? Uh, I, I mean, we watched. A, did we do a WrestleMania episode? I actually can't. We remember. did. We did. Oh yes, yes. So since WrestleMania, no, <laughs> I watched. But however, I don't know if we'll get into it now or later. But there's so much um, AEW news coming out that I think. Uh, let's I'm just get into it now. In. Let's let's do yeah. it. Now. I'm so excited. I I can't wait to start watching wrestling again. Um, yeah. I think watching AEW is going to start is going to get me to watch all of the other shows as well. So, I mean, you know, uh, fucking CM Punk and Daniel Bryan potentially turning up, or Bryan Daniels this will probably be in AEW. The amount of dream matches available immediately is is stunning. Like, it's a stunning array of potential matchups there already. And, like, even stuff that I'd never really thought about, like, you know, just because they sort of passed each other by, there's wrestlers there who you know have been around for years, but yeah, you never really, I never really would have thought uh, Cody Rhodes and uh, Daniel Bryan have definitely had matches in the past, but now they're both very, very different characters, and I think actually that could be quite a good thing. Kenny yeah, Omega with either cool. of them, like mm. there's so much there. It's going to be really good. Um, I feel like AEW was sat across the table from WWE, and they put a gun on the table, and they just sat there. That's 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 what that's what this that's what's just happened now. Oh yeah, the, and like the word is, you know, from from the usual rumor mills that uh, apparently the network partners of WWE are not very happy about this because they are recognizable names as much as you know recognizable names can be in this day and age. Uh, and why haven't WWE got them? Why have they gone to this smaller, theoretically mm. smaller company um, and all the rest of it? And 
uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, the big takeaway from this is that hopefully this puts WWE's back up against the wall and they're actually going to have to do something for the first time in exactly. what, 20 years. Which is coming home. It's finally actually coming home. (laughs) Now, you know how I feel about that phrase. (laughs) This is where it applies. I mean, I'm okay with the application here as long as I don't have to do that (laughs) fucking song again. Yes. WCW is back. I don't care what anyone says. That's what this is. Yeah. (laughs) It does feel a bit like that, doesn't it? This is Nitro. Oh my God. So, yeah, Um, I'm super excited. Yeah, and just, you know, they, they've been slowly bubbling under for a little while with some brilliant storylines. Like the whole Ken, Kenny Omega's been doing the best work of his career in terms of character work, you know, with this belt collector thing. The Hangman Page story has been bubbling on for like two years now. And it's, mm. it's, it's also really easy to get into because he's very likable. The whole yeah. Dark Order thing. Like I said to you earlier, the, the, their entrance from this week's um, Dynamite. Yeah, that was fantastic. Incredible. Like proper goosebump rendering stuff, and I can't remember the last thing I watched for WWE the way I felt like that about it. It's it's just incredible, and that's without yeah. Punk or Brian. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I, yeah, I, I, I keep thinking uh, they're, they're definitely the company that they're they're not taking the the you know anything for granted. They they're the one on the back foot, so they need to they need to put more of the effort in. Um, and you know they're catering to they're catering to an audience that the WWE just doesn't need to cater to, uh, or well, or just takes for granted because they do need to cater that cater to that audience because it's those people that spend a lot of, of money on the product. But man, I, I can't wait to see Daniel Bryan's is it uh, Brian, Brian Danielson and I, I guess he'll be Brian Brian. Danielson. I imagine. Yeah, I can't wait to see them on the show. Uh, I wonder what kind of characters they're going to take, what kind of angles. I don't really want CM Punk to come in pipe bombing and doing all that kind of stuff. Like you know, breaking oh, I want him wall. to be the opposite. I want him to come in initially. You get the big part for the rest of it. Like maybe he comes out in Chicago and it's a massive big deal with the rest of it. And then he's just like, yep, I came here and I'm here for the money. Fuck you guys. <laughs> and so, like, that would be great too. <laughs> I also I kind of wanted to come in as like MMA dickhead. <laughs> like I think that would be amazing if he just like was like I'm not a pro wrestler I'm a fighter and like just being an <laughs> asshole because I, like they have to do something different with him. You might get away with the sort of nostalgia thing for a little while, but he's what, such a sharp mind that you yeah. know he's going to do great things with that sort of creative freedom as well. Like it, it's very very exciting the possibilities just beyond you know the the kind of initial stuff like there's so many different directions you can go in um yeah it's yeah. very exciting his his best stuff for me was when he was um i can't remember what they were called but when he was in charge of that cult there was oh, um, the straight edge society yes there was a period there where i was like this is fantastic it was like this american history x heel guy and his like crazy like you know hillbilly um uh, well, not hillbilly, but you know this kind of like outlaw, horrible gang kind of thing. I I really loved it. I thought it was kind of sinister yeah, in a way definitely. as well. So I love that kind of stuff. So I hope if he does he heal that stuff, well. it's kind of like that. Pardon? He wrote all of that. Like that uh, stuff was great. The story goes apparently they were doing nothing with him, and he walked into Vince McMahon's office and said, "Here's twelve. Here's what I'm doing for the next twelve weeks." And just yeah, had I like it, Phil. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> and then he started you know, flexing <laughs> he was still flexing after Punk had left just, we hadn't realised yeah still um, got it Vinny 
<laughs> but, but yeah, I do think I do think that there's there's so many creative avenues. Also, then opens the door as well because the forbidden door is open. AEW's relationship with uh, New Japan is pretty much like a weekly thing now. So both of them can go there as well, which is like, opens up ridiculous possibilities. So you know? good. Oh God, Daniel Bryan versus fucking Kazuchika Okada. Like, ah, oh, God, oh, man. can you imagine? Yeah. Oh, dude, it's it's gonna it's gonna be intense. I cannot wait for this stuff. Yeah, oh. for sure. Like, and yes, wrestling's back. Is, back on legs. What's brilliant is is that you know their their product is already really good. That's the thing. Mm. Like, this is just like taking it to another level. But it's already such a good show. They don't even they don't really need these guys. It's just that next to take them to that next level. It's yeah. You know, it's slowly bubbling under something amazing already, which is, yeah, it's just incredible. And the, like, honestly, if WWE don't respond, they're in, they're going to be in big trouble. Like, because in, in which way could they respond though? Well, they're going to have to respond by either creating new stars or making booking in a way that grabs eyeballs. If the problem is, is that if WWE's product was really exciting, I don't think this would really be a bother to them particularly, but, but they're, mm. they're, their booking is in the doldrums. Like their ratings are in the doldrums. Like it's not, you know, they're not doing well financially. They're doing brilliantly. Oh yeah, exactly. That's, only so. measure. that's that's one thing. But you won't keep doing financially well if your product is terrible. And now that there's a hot, young, arguably younger kind of, you know, more uh, kind of, you know, hooked in much more to the popular zeitgeist of what is, you know, what wrestling could and potentially should be in this day and age. I don't know, like, you know, it's things like it, and this is nothing new. This is, is you know, this is very much goes back to the sort of thing that's been, you know, that made ECW great. Um, mm. It's the, the variety, but also doing things like, like, for example, Tony Khan has stumped up the money for Jungle Boy to have the song Tarzan Boy <laughs> as an entrance music and all the crowd sings along, but it's like this really properly, like, almost like you can see that going viral as like a big deal. Yeah, yeah, very, very quickly. If this gets more popular, he for Orange Cassidy, he's, he now comes out to "Where Is My Mind" by the Pixies. Oh, so they're they're really they they're really spending that WCW money. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he's got it to burn, doesn't he? So I mean, yeah, you know, and it the way it's booked is crazy. Like, I mean, you know, I'm not being funny. I won't spoil anything about about what's happening, but like, because you haven't seen the the most recent episode, but the no, no. most recent Dynamite, you know. It's Chris Jericho in a fucking death match against uh, oh, no. against Nick Gage. Like it's ridiculous. No way! There wait are light tubes this. involved in the main event. Oh wow! See, and I'm Chris Jericho excited to watch this. <laughs> it's just crazy. Like it's a proper like they really are. And but you know, Nick Gage is making a name for himself as part of Game Changer Wrestling for a while, mm. and like that's been you know bubbling under as like a big like they're one of the biggest indies. They they do do a lot of death match stuff, but you know, fine, whatever. And, you know, to bring him in is, is such a, you know, a bold move, but also one that shows that they're paying attention to what's going on elsewhere. They're not out of touch. And arguably the people, you know, WWE is is frequently booked for an audience of one. And it shouldn't be. Yeah. It should be booked for an audience of millions. And this yeah. is why those millions are disappearing. And the problem is as well, like, not only is it just, yeah, the whole audience of one thing, but also the fact that they have so many effing shows and I think they just dilute the amount of they dilute everything by having. I I don't I think that's I think that's true. 
in I necessarily. Think so. I think it, I think well, it is, man. I think Nitro, Nitro and Thunder still managed to persevere together quite well for quite. They were still putting out reasonably garbage. good. Yeah, but like, they, if they paid, they had a big enough roster that it didn't have to be. Mm. And WWE, to be fair. Raw and SmackDown are very separate shows. SmackDown's actually quite good at the moment. It's been pretty good for a while because Roman Reigns is amazing. Uh, and, and Big E uh, is slowly but surely gathering momentum. There's kind of this really popular mid-card baby face and yeah, hopefully moving up to the to the main event. Um, and, you know, they, there are some things there that are really good. Raw is a fucking shit show. Like, and it's, it's what, still not, three hours long? It's still three hours. I don't think it's Fuck the runtime that's necessarily the problem. It's the format of that runtime. You know, because... Like, you know, you remember remember Night Train, the first hour, you get good matches, but nothing really yeah. of note would happen in that first hour bar the opening segment. It would be just a few matches, whatever. Like, in this day and age, the first hour of Raw could easily be like a pregame show, or it could be like a, you know, it could take a different format, take a more sports-orientated format. There are loads of things they could do, but they're not doing that because that would require them to change. And the only way they're going to change is if they're being challenged. And they haven't been challenged for twenty something years because TNA was never really a big worry. No, um, God, no, yeah, like so. Hopefully, this is the start of them being backed into a corner and going, okay, maybe we need to do something. Maybe we need maybe to change we need things. To change, yeah, I mean, I still think three hours of wrestling that isn't a pay per view is too fucking like it's just too much wrestling for me at one time, especially when half of that show was just garbage. Hey, but... Nitro was three hours at its pop. I know, but I was also twelve. So, oh, yeah, <laughs> I had, I had true, true, true. But you know, <laughs> that's, like that's two hours the... is good. Three hours, yeah. like by the third hour, I'm like, I can't pay. I don't pay attention to this anymore. <laughs> like, and when am I going to get a three hour fucking stretch to watch? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I mean, this might be old man problems, but. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I, it certainly it's a very exciting time to be a wrestling fan. Uh, yeah, yeah. For sure. the, the, there's all out in uh, in Chicago. Uh, AEW are deep debuting a new show in September, also in in a few weeks, also in Chicago, which they've now announced. So hopefully, I suspect that might be where Punk debuts ahead of All Out and his first matches at, at All Out in Chicago. Uh, and then obviously they've got um, the Arthur Ashe Stadium, which is a, a tennis stadium in New York, in Queens, that they're. Um, they're debuting in later this year, which I suspect might be where Daniel Bryan makes his uh, his debut as well. Uh, but there's a lot going on there, and yeah. you know, and the game coming out soon as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, yep, that's like, if it that's ever happens. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it does. Because yeah, if, I hope it, so. if it's a good game, I think it's going to make it's going to really compound what's happening. If the if you know you really do actually create something. They've just got so much momentum at the moment, yeah. and that would be a whole other thing. If you get that, you get that game into all those shops. Parents don't see, and this is very important. Parents don't see uh, company initials; they just see something that looks like wrestling. So their kids <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are just going to buy what looks like wrestling. If it looks like a wrestling game, if it's in all those shops, they're guaranteed just as many sales from that. And no kid who's getting a WWE game is who's twelve is going to go, "Oh well, oh, I got the AEW game instead." Oh no! Like, like or if they do, they might play it and go, "Oh wow, this is oh, wow, this is actually stuff. really good. Maybe I should watch the show." Yeah. So. Yep. It's exposure, yeah. isn't it? And, and like that's a big deal. And I, I think you know that that could be potentially very, very lucrative for them. That's why they're going yeah. all in. They're spending so much money, and you know it's it's a it's a brave strategy, and hopefully it pays off. I just I'm, I'm it's just a very exciting time to be a wrestling fan right now. Yeah, man. Which is 100. is great. The first time in a long time. Uh, yeah, WWE's back. Time, <laughs> yeah, it's back. It's back. It's back on lead. 
Um, <laughs> speaking of WCW, uh, we're going to take a very short break uh, and then we'll come back and we're going to talk about the King of Cube tournament featuring some matches from WCW. Let's do it. All right. Hey, this is Stroke Daddy, Ricky Starks, and you're listening to The WrestleCube. How often do you find yourself looking at your watch and thinking, ah, oh, what time is it really? Oh no, my watch is broken. What am I going to do? Well, you're in luck. Because timefixes.co.uk has all of your horological needs sorted, whether it's changing batteries, watch repairs, I'm out of my depth here, some things with watches, you know, whatever, they can help you. So check them out at timefixes.co.uk as they proudly, or at least hopefully proudly, sponsor WrestleCube. Uh, yeah, so timefixes.co.uk, check them out. Uh, on with the pod. And we're back. Uh, so, yeah, we're back. Uh, what you will have heard there maybe is some of the lovely testimonials of uh, interviews that I've done previously. Uh, not for this podcast, but, but uh, that I have piggybacked onto to to get uh, somebody to, to to plug our podcast. Uh, I hopefully we'll do more of those in the future. Um, or you might have heard about an advert. I mean, we're not getting, probably not getting paid for that advert, but you might have heard it anyway. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, it's uh, basically I haven't edited this yet, so I don't know. I don't know what's going to be in there. It could be just me, you know, doing a big fart noise. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll find out. It's, it's hard to say. You know, you know, it's it, it's a it's a lottery. Um, so yeah, so the King of Cube tournament. Um, I guess uh, we've we've so far uh, just to keep you up to date because I know it's been a little while. Uh, through the first round, we had uh, Eddie Guerrero uh, going going ahead of uh, Kazuchika Okada, Chris Jericho uh, narrowly edging out The Rock, uh, Bret Hart uh, trouncing Diamond Dallas Page. Uh, this week we are looking at Jushin Thunder Liger and the man called Sting. Sting. Um, <laughs> I have got a little bio for each of them that I've, Do I've, uh, I've done, so we'll, we'll, we'll run through that and then we'll get some thoughts on the uh, matches we've watched and we'll, we'll go from there. Um, so Jushin Thunder Liger, uh, real name Keiichi Yamada, uh, was born in Hiroshima, Japan in 1964, uh, trained by, I'm going to get these, I, I apologise in advance uh, for murdering these names, but uh, you know, it, it, it's just going to happen. Uh, Kotetsu Yamamoto, uh, who also uh, was at the New Japan Dojo, uh, trained the likes of the Great Muta, Shinsuke Nakamura, Minoru Suzuki, and many, many others. Uh, Tatsumi the Dragon Fujinami also trained him. Um, and Yoshiaka Fujiwara, uh, of course, of, of uh, Armbar fame. Um, so he trained under them at uh, the New Japan jo- Dojo, uh, wrestled in New Japan under his real name as a young lion before going on an excursion in the mid to late 80s. Uh, he actually wrestled as Fuji Yamada in the UK for All Star Wrestling uh, yeah. for, for quite a while. Um, and would also go to, to the Stampede Dungeon to train with Stu Hart for a little while. Um, he came back to New Japan after his excursion uh, and wrestled under it again, under his real name for a little while. Um, and uh, before in 1989, debuting as Jushin Thunder Liger. Uh, at the Tokyo Dome, um, although his look and character would change over the next few years uh, alongside the anime that his name was derived from. Uh, it's a weird cartoon, I'll tell you that now. Uh, <laughs> it's weird as fuck. Um, 
Although his character also massively outlived the uh, the uh, cartoon. Um, so uh, basically, he would then be a mainstay of the junior heavyweight division in New Japan from 1989 all the way through to his retirement in 2020. 11-time uh, IWGP junior heavyweight champion, uh, also winning multiple other titles around the world. Um, and uh, He won the best of Super Junior three times. Uh, he wrestled, wrestled as variations of his character at various points, uh, including Battle Liger and most famously the Demon Kishin Liger, uh, which uh, was a very cool thing, especially against the Great Muta. Uh, yeah, he'd also had stints in WCW, uh, NWA, CMLL, Ring of Honor, TNA, Dragon Gate, Michinoku Pro, Noah, War, basically WWE, basically anywhere that you can think of in the world, he has wrestled for them. Uh, wrestled as a heel and a face at different points in his career, and has basically had matches with anybody you could think of in terms of junior heavyweights. Um, in 1996, he had a brain tumour uh, removed and came back with a less high-flying style, but that did help prolong his career. Um, and really, he revolutionised the junior heavyweight wrestling uh, scene globally. And, uh, fun fact, invented the shooting star press. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, invented it, uh, based, and uh, apparently it was based on the, uh, the manga uh, Fist of the North Star. Oh, I, I love that manga. Yeah, I love that this anime. is a, just a cool, so cool fact, I think. Omaiwa wo shinderu. There we go. For fans. Yeah. Of, of Fist of the North Star. I, I, haven't, uh, I haven't seen it in some time and I was uh, somewhat inebriated at the time. Uh, let's just say that. Uh, so my, my, uh, my memory of Fist of the North Star is, is, is a little patchy from about 15 years ago. Uh, so anyway, um, and in the op- opposing corner, we of course have Sting. Sting. Now, uh, <laughs> Steve Borden was born in 1959 in Omaha, Nebraska, before moving to Southern California. Uh, he was a bodybuilder uh, who decided to get into wrestling after going to a WWF show and seeing the likes of Hulk Hogan and, and uh, other major stars at the time uh, and being inspired to get into it. Uh, he was uh, trained by Rick Bassman, um, the famous Red Bastine, uh, who, uh, for some reason in the early 90s, Jim Ross would mention every time Sting wrestled. Uh, I think he just liked the name. Um, <laughs> um, initially, he was the tag team partner of Jim, the Ultimate Warrior Hellwig, uh, as part of Power Team USA. Uh, then they were called the Freedom Fighters, and then later they were called the Blade Runners, uh, uh, which were essentially just Legion of Doom, Road Warriors, ripoffs. Um, the best thing that happened to him <laughs> was that Jim, uh, Jim Hellwig skipped town uh, because it meant the Sting was left on his own, and he wrestled in the UWF, uh, which used to be in Mid South prior to that. Uh, a company that he'd wrestled for a few years there and it was eventually purchased by Jim Crockett Promotions which uh, would eventually become WCW that is a whole complicated tree let's not get too bogged down in that Um, yeah and then uh, let's see yeah um, obviously he took uh, uh, Ric Flair to the uh, a 45 minute time limit draw at the first Clash of the Champions which is his breakout moment he would then rise through the ranks to become essentially the franchise player of WCW, uh, winning the TV title uh, twice, the US, US title five times, uh, sorry, two times, uh, the world title nine times, including the international world title. That's a whole thing. Uh, the tag titles three times and much, much more. Um, obviously, the surfer gimmick is uh, kind of the era we're talking about today, probably mostly. Uh, but obviously, yeah, there was the transition to the Crow era, making him the, one of the biggest stars in wrestling in one of the biggest periods of wrestling, certainly for WCW. Um, and he stayed with WCW right to the end, 
uh, in various guises before having a few runs at TNA, WWE, and now AEW. Uh, obviously, he is a legit icon, a huge star, and uh, most importantly, real estate Steve. Yeah, <laughs> real estate Steve. <laughs> Oh, I don't know why I like that term so much, but I do. <laughs> hey, you know, it, it, it's uh, that's why he'll never be broke. Don't see him begging for change. You will not. You will not. So the matches that we've decided to look at today, um, I'm, I'm not going to go into every the minutia of every everything of it because obviously this could end up being a very long podcast if I do. We've got some notes, <laughs> but um, I like that we can just kind of gloss through it. It's just really just yeah. I think. It's devolved now to the point where I kind of I like the idea of watching two matches that give you a good slice of uh, that wrestler's judge on pleasure and personal experience, and then we can kind of scores on the doors at the end. Uh, I think that's all works exactly. quite well. And um, remember, because there's going to be other rounds, we, we don't start with the you know the killer the killer stuff in the early rounds. No, so. these are these are deep cuts. I went for deep cuts because yeah. I thought well, you like the deep cuts. Both Liger matches are WCW because I thought, actually, you know what? If if he does win, I think the New Japan stuff is probably his stronger work and actually it's probably better to save that for later. But also it shows a bit of versatility, these, the, the difference in these matches. Uh, same goes for Sting. These aren't, these aren't you know, these aren't the, the matches. This isn't Starcade 97, uh, although whether that's a good example or not is, again, debatable. Um, but it, it is, it's things that you might necessarily have thought of uh, for... Uh, yeah, for these guys. Uh, apologies also, listeners, if you can hear in advance, my three-year-old daughter is being put to bed in the next room and is currently doing some some weird screaming. Uh, so just, just uh, she's fine. Just fine. Literally ditto. I'm having the exact same ditto so, yeah. in my house, so apologies. <laughs> it's, uh, it's fine. It's fine. You know. uh, so that's that's happening. Right. Uh, so the matches we looked at were uh, Jushin Thunder Liger versus Brian Pillman from Super Bowl mm-hmm. 2 in 1992. Uh, Liger versus Chris Benoit. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, but still, it's a good match. Uh, from Starcade 1995. Uh, and on the side of things for Sting, uh, we've looked at Sting versus Cactus Jack, uh, Force Count Anywhere on the Gulf Coast uh, from Beach Blast 1992. Sting versus Ric Flair from Clash of the Champions, but not the one you're thinking of. It's from 1994. Um, cool. So let's start with Liger. Um, have you got any thoughts on Liger and Pillman? So, Liger and Pillman. I thought this was a great match, actually. I thought this was really good. Um, very Japanese. It was, uh, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't know much about Brian Pillman. Um, I think I didn't really see him when I was watching wrestling as a kid. Um, did he wrestle in Japan much, or...? Uh, this, uh... not, not really, not extensively. It was for, for WCW against the likes of Liger, but not really outside of that. Okay, because he perf- he was great, to be honest. I was like, wow, Brian Pillman's really fucking good. Like, it wasn't... Uh, watching this match, like, Liger was fantastic, but it wasn't one of those matches where Liger had to carry the match. It was definitely both of these guys were... Oh, it was 50-50, definitely. Yeah, these guys were 50-50. Um, but uh, things I really liked about Liger was just how methodical he was and how much he reminded me of the Canadian wrestler X. Um he kind of have a really similar style. I did not know this um, from watching, because uh, I, I admit I haven't seen that much Liger. So watching this, he really reminded me of Chris Benoit. Maybe like uh, not as snappy, you know how Chris Benoit likes to snap yeah. things, but kind of the same kind of Chris Benoit, Bret Hart kind of methodical uh, style. Um, uh, but with the added kind of um, uh, 
uh, high flying moves here and there, but uh, but the high flying stuff isn't anything too crazy and too flashy. It's not like you know three sixty corkscrews in this match or anything. Um, but it was it was, I think it was pretty innovative for nineteen ninety two. Exactly, yeah, that's like, the thing. US audience, this, he might as well be doing ten backflips. You know, you uh, could tell you could tell the, by the reaction that the audience was just like, "Whoa, what is this? Like, what is I happening?" I quite like that though. I quite <laughs> yeah, like it was that they great. Were initially, like a bit like, "Who is this guy? What?" And you know, to be fair, if you don't know the backstory, look at Trish and Liger and you go. Uh, what Who the hell is this guy? Uh, yeah, and they they but they, but throughout the match, obviously, yeah, you know, you got the the early nineties cursory, uh, you know, USA chance, but they were also kind of cheering for Liger as well because he'd clearly yeah, won them over by just being really good. Yeah, by the end of it, yeah, they're kind of the the, the chance are kind of well, not fifty fifty, but um, yeah, but there's some really cool stuff in here. I think Liger hits uh, a really cool power bomb. Um, there's a, you know, Liger hits a really cool scent on at some point. Um, yeah, and I think, uh, yeah, I, I thought this was a great match. And one thing I really liked, actually, was the commentary. I know this has nothing to do with Chushin Liger or Brian Pillman, but I actually thought the commentary was actually pretty good. I liked how how they, in this match, because I think in another match it's the same team and it's terrible. But um, I like the sport commentary style of things. I like the fact that they... We're trying yeah. to hide for stuff that went wrong, and you know, and all of that kind of stuff. But yeah, this was um, this was a really good, very Japanese match, and um, yeah, top tier. I I um I thought uh yeah I agree about the commentary actually. Uh, Jesse Jesse the Body and Jim Ross are a very underrated duo, and I think yeah. that that uh, combination gets as much love as it probably deserves because actually they're really good counterbalances to each other. And yeah, I know they, we're not here to talk about that, but I I agree with you massively. It is very much. Uh, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, what did yeah. you think, Joe? I, I thought, I've got some notes. I, I'll go through, through a few bits of what we touched on some of them already. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, like, Jish and Thunder Liger stand out like a sore thumb, but for all the right reasons, I think, because mm. you see that outfit and you just go, whoa, what is going on? Especially in the early 90s, like, it's crazy. Um, and, you know, it was fast at the beginning, which is, is not necessarily usual for matches of that era. Uh, Dude, thought... a 1992 indie standoff thingy with Jig. Yeah, like, I know whoa. it's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> didn't know they did that back then. I was uh, like, whoa! They didn't. I think this might be the earliest earliest iteration <laughs> of it. I'm not sure, but... Um, but yeah, I mean, I quite liked as well that there was some smart like psychological things in there. That, like, mm. you know, at one point, uh, Pillman went up to the top rope to jump to the outside and Liger, b- before he had a chance, Liger walked away. And I know that's only a little thing, but that bothers me so much watching wrestling now when people stand around waiting for the dive. I just like the idea that he went, no, 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 no. I'm not getting caught with this, not this early. <laughs> uh, and it's just, it's a little thing, but it makes such a big difference to the flow of the match. Like it, you can mm. see that it's like this human game of chess to quote Gordon, Gordon Soli. Uh, it's this, this beautiful idea of like him being like, no, 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 no. I'm not getting caught with that. Too smart for that. Yeah, exactly. um, uh, but yeah, like I liked that there was some really good aerial stuff in this, but also some really good mat wrestling. It was a really good combination of both. It flowed really well. Uh, that cannibal from the top rope still looks impressive, and that's from you know nearly thirty years ago. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, I thought uh, Liger d- demonstrated a beautiful German suplex as well. I love a German oh, suplex. Yeah. Is, it's it's beautiful. You, you, there's no two ways about it. I've got that note. Fantastic German by Jushin. I was like, oh, I just goddamn. Like, there's there, there is nothing in wrestling that I find more satisfying to watch than a a good German suplex with a bridge when it's done properly. Is it's it's just phenomenal. Like yeah, because it, it looks like really it look, it's so hard. It must be so <laughs> difficult. 
yeah. Uh, but yeah, I thought, yeah, also for a smaller guy, Liger really nails his power bombs. You know, oh, like yeah. he really, really lays those in. It's great. Um, it's a good match. It, like, really, really, it holds up as well. Like, uh, like this is as good as anything. You know, it, it probably lacks some of the stylistic touches of a modern day match, but I don't think it lacks the quality. Like, it still stands up as being really, really good. Yeah, it hasn't aged. Uh, no, yeah, um, it hasn't aged at all. I think it's no, fantastic. no, not at all. Uh, very yeah. current, which is kind of the weird thing about. It. You're like, oh, this. Looks like it could have happened today. Wow, this is... You know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And then, um, so, yeah. And then, I suppose, contrasting that, because you like a sort of playing almost like a... Not a baby face, but not really a heel either. It's just, they're just kind of a sporting rivalry between mm. the two. Um, I liked the the contrast between that and then his uh, his match uh, with Benoit from uh, oh, yeah. Starcade because he's clearly playing a dick heel as well, which I, yeah. I, I've never really seen him do. Uh, I've seen him play a heel, but not a dick heel. And that was that was really enjoyable. Yeah, that was funny. Um yeah this match was this match was very short and um and the end the ending was garbage. <laughs> yeah, the the ending is garbage because it's from a garbage pay-per-view. Um yeah. <laughs> because Starcade ninety five is the weirdest pay-per-view. They were doing this weird story about like New Japan trying to take over WCW. Uh, it was weird. And Hogan didn't work this pay-per-view because he obviously thought there was no money in it. Uh, <laughs> it's just a whole weird thing. Um, it's a weird yeah. show. It's, it's a good show, but it's a weird combination of matches that don't really make any sense. Uh, and yeah, have, you've, got, you've got, what's his name? Bobby Heenan being racist. <laughs> that, yeah. Yeah. There's a bit, it, some of that has not aged well. <laughs> He's so bad. Probably some of the, he's, and the thing is, some of the things he says is hilarious. Some of the things he says are hilarious when he's talking about how uh, was it how he got the money and the gold and the jewels and everything like. That. Yeah, <laughs> actually it's made like, me laugh out loud. I was like, that's actually really funny. Um, um, but some of the yeah, others, this maybe I, like it, it's weird. Well. It's weird to watch that match back now because I think actually, in a way, it's sort of a dream match that like has happened mm. a few times like it's a great combination but i still feel like it's brilliant and that was you know i guess objectively if you can just take this match in isolation he's phenomenal and him and Liger yeah. work so well together the problem is is that it's very hard to watch his matches in isolation yeah i mean these so, guys are just two people at the top of their game and you know what it's crazy because Watching this once again, I, you know, it's uncomfortable to talk about, but it just reminds you just how fucking good Chris Benoit is. Yeah, God damn, he's so good. Or well, he was so good. Um, unfortunately, um, I am. Um, I also like yeah, uh, Liger does some really. The only other note that I have, we haven't covered from that. But I... Sorry, go on, man. Oh, sorry, sorry. I think I think our audio glitched for a second. Sorry, I didn't talk uh, to you. Yeah, um, cool. um, but yeah, the only other note I had, uh, which just because it's it's a great thing about you know. Uh, uh, the sort of speed and agility and all the rest of it you see from from Liger, uh, I really enjoyed. He, he does. He's got a very satisfying surfboard. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> I always associate that move with him, like because he, he the execution of it is always so good. It's so perfect, and I love the way he kind of like he slaps him on the side just to like it's like all right, cool. I've set up now. Slaps him on the side. Chris Benoit gets ready. And then he hits him with a surfboard, and then he turns it into what was it an S? What was that an STO or something? I can't remember. It was kind of like a like a sort of raised, uh, yeah, like kind of into a crossface. It was just a, it was a weird, yeah. it, but it's unique and it, it like yeah, it's very it's very Liger. Um, I think I think one thing that strikes me about about these these two matches is that Liger fits in with WCW 
during mm. both of those periods, which is strange Definitely, because yeah. they're, they're, they're drastically different. But he also he could just go like with whoever yeah. it, it, it's it, and you know he he looks like a star. Um, he comes in and he's just he's just so crisp with everything. Yeah, and exactly. It, it's brilliant. Um, now that is a weird counterpoint to where we go with Sting for this because actually I think Sting is not always that crisp. But I, I also <laughs> don't know. I also, as we'll get onto in a second, I don't know if you. As good as Liger is, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that uh, Sting doesn't outmatch him with quite a lot of categories, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, look, if we're talking about wrestling, then I think Liger wins hands down, right? <laughs> like, well, this is why okay. we have multiple categories, and we'll see what, yeah. where we end up. Uh, I think that's yeah. the thing. We, we've got a Liger good story is system. such a professional. You know, you can. That's the thing you get from these two matches. You, you, he's just so methodical, so professional, so tight. Oh, for sure. Mistakes, but like perfect. So, but Sting. You know, as we'll get to, has a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, I mean, let's let's move on to Sting now. Anyway, yeah, I suppose we it. can we can yeah, because you know we can, we can give a final roundup thoughts on both before we do the scores anyway. Um, so we watched uh, Sting versus Cactus Jack from 1992, um, and I thought the reason I picked this is because I thought it was a great example of Sting as like a fiery baby face, really kind of you know energetic, uh, very much classic Sting during yeah. you know a high period with him in the company it's pre-hogan it's very he was very much the star of the show and rightly so and i just thought this was a good example i always remember watching this match uh as a kid and he was it was so good and it stands up really well today because i i like the, really the stipulation does, yeah. is adhered to like pretty solidly yeah. like they don't they don't spend a lot of time in the ring it's very much mm-hmm. a a Cactus Jack brawl. It, it reminded me a lot of the Attitude Era brawls, like you know, yeah, yeah. style. It was very similar to that. Uh, oh, as great. as as Jesse Ventura says, they should call it World Championship Street Fight. Oh, it's not what <laughs> no, it's they shouldn't, it? Jesse. No, they should not. <laughs> oh yes, the WCS, of course. <laughs> Fuck sake. <laughs> Uh, like when when Jesse Ventura was motivated as commentator, like he was in the other match, it was great because he was obviously interested. Here, he clearly didn't give a shit. Yeah, he's like he he's disdain for this sort of thing is dripping from his mouth. He's oh, like, yeah. Ugh, this isn't wrestling. Oh look, some wrestling moves. Oh look, someone actually did some wrestling. You can tell he's like, this is garbage. I hate this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, without that though, I mean, I thought it was a really good match. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I will say, though, watching matches like this, it's very easy to see how Mick Foley ended up with a limp. Good Jesus Lord. Jesus like... Christ. Some of the stuff he does, I'm like, stop it. Stop it, Mick, <laughs> please. I, I want to travel back in time and stop you from ruining your life. Honestly, I wrote down, Mick Foley has no regard for his body. The sunset flip to the cold ass. Concrete. Oh, God. That's horrible Jesus to watch. Jesus Christ. Stop the thud it. as well. The noise is oh. awful. And it was like I'm... a nothing kind of like they just kept going and I'm just like why transition spot oh my god the yeah. crowd went absolutely fucking nuts in this match though they were hyped it was great oh yeah and like one of the things I liked is that uh, it wasn't just like Sting bulldozing uh, Cactus either like Cactus Jack got a lot of offense in and Sting sold it really well like he's really yeah. good at selling and like he does I mean I'll mention it in the other match as well but he's great at doing the whole baby face in peril thing like yeah. he's like I'm ready to fire back up for the comeback. Like he's he's so good at that. Like and it's little things that I'd never really noticed at the time. I always thought he was just a you know a big guy, you know, muscular wrestler or the rest of it. But actually he's really good at like doing the sort of quite like energetic aerial yeah. 
kind of you know like athletic stuff as well. Like it's 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 really impressive. He's he's a superstar. You watching this match. It's one of those things where you're like, this guy is literally a superstar. He is. He was over so yeah. much with that crowd as well. There's no hero. way past that. Like he was. Yeah. Like it was. I wouldn't mind, but this is not during a boom period or anything. This is a guy like who's getting fucking road warrior pops in during one of the worst years in wrestling history for in terms of like revenues. Like he's the like arguably the only thing keeping WCW afloat at this stage. It, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine what he would have done if he was in the WWE. With this character, in the, I don't know. Kind of... It could have. He either would have been. They would have ruined him, or yeah. he, he would have been the biggest star of all time. Like there's yeah, no middle he, ground. Exactly because he's just so over so much. Then this is the thing that he'll have over Jushin Liger. He has charisma dripping from every oh, single yeah. surface I mean, of his I think, body. Liger does, but not to that level. It's it's nah, not to no contest. Level. He's just like, he's big, he's got the great look. As I said, uh, surface sting is the one true sting also. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> for me, this is another reason I picked this, though, is because as much as I love the crow sting story and all the rest of it, I do, like, I, you know, for versatility and adaptability, he, you know, you have to look at the way he transitioned into that in the same way that Liger did with, with other characters and the rest of it. Exactly. But, like, this is the sting of my childhood this is the sting of exactly like yeah there's i i can't get away from that being the kind of classic look um, there's, there's no coincidence that when we did the what was it 10 years or wcw or 20 years of wcw that i used to picture of surface sting. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I don't i don't i don't think there's there's uh any, anybody else who you could put in there really like exactly. if you want to encapsulate that company that's who you that's who you go to um, um oh yeah there was a, but, a thing i just wanted to raise um the the camera work on the ramp was fantastic. It's great. It felt isn't it? cinematic. It felt like uh, it, it made Sting look like such a made him look like a it made it look like Sting was in a movie. You know when he's hitting um, Foley with a chair in the beginning, yeah. the beginning when they're brawling before they get in the ring. That stuff really helped sell how how big a star he was. Not like he needed any help, but. Um, yeah, man, Sting, Sting was um, Sting was great. But one, once again, though, this is one of those matches where Sting was fantastic, as uh, you know, in his role. But the person I was most impressed with was Mick Foley. I was yeah. like, wow, Mick, he's so good. <laughs> I think the thing is, is for for for, for me, that there's just that sequence at the beginning where Foley just gets down on his knees and puts his hands behind his back, and Sting's initially is like like tentatively taking his coat off and being like, I don't know what to do, and then he just fucking pegs it at him. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I was like, "This is amazing," because this is, this this is exactly what should happen in this situation. Um, it's a great match, and like, it's again, it's another one that stands up really well, despite yeah, it not being an obvious good. choice. I think, like, it's it's uh, yeah. Um, well, let's talk about Sting versus Flair as well. Uh, from mm. from the because for me, that is the classic combination uh, for WCW. Uh, generally, yeah, um, and and it is. I don't think you can argue anybody else being Sting's greatest rival. Um, and you know, if Sting goes through, the chances are we will probably look at more Sting versus Flair matches. Probably better Sting versus Flair matches, yeah, <laughs> um, because this wasn't necessarily their best work. Um, but again, I thought Sting was over incredibly with the uh, with the crowd. Yeah. Like he was such a big deal. Um, and yeah, like you know, I thought obviously the stuff with uh, sensuous Sherry uh, was ridiculous, but <laughs> yeah, that was uh, and uh, <laughs> and troublesome for some fantastic reasons that we can yes, get into later. <laughs> yes, yeah, 
Um, but I thought Sting was great as like a fiery baby face, and there's so much history between the two of them, which obviously they played on quite a lot with the different moves and stuff they did during the match. Like it's, it's kind of very much a two guys who in character know each other very well and know what the other guy's going to do. Mm. Um, you know, and unfortunately this match had a lot of stalling in it because they were playing on the idea that Ric Flair wasn't up to snuff at this point or Hulk Hogan was in his head, uh, which is great and everything, except it kind of ruined the match. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, the thing is, even with that said, Ric Flair is such a master that he oh, did yeah. it with just the way he played with the crowd, the way he, he um, you know, the way he wasted time was it was expert, so expert level stuff. Oh, God, gotcha. yeah. Yeah. And like, he's he's so good at doing that. And, you know, you know Ric Flair could have a good match in his sleep at this point in his career. It's just one of those things. Um but yeah, I, I I enjoyed Sting's like offense again. There was great moments yeah. of him being the baby face in peril. Uh, his offense always looks explosive and like really energetic. And you know, I know, yeah, I know we used to take the piss out of his his punching style. I actually love those. Those are great. <laughs> I, I, it's great though, isn't it? Because it's so yeah. unique. And actually, there's something about that. It's not technically the most proficient thing in the world, but it looks so good that he commits so much. Like it's when he's gonna sting a splash, like he commits so hard to it. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah. But this, like, I noticed that I think Sting was like even from '92 to '94, the shape that he's in is unbelievable. Oh, it's unreal. This might be at his zenith and um and and at his athletic peak as well. Like he's, he's doing, mate, he's doing top rope splashes at that sort of physique. Like it's yeah, nuts. unbelievable. Um, he's like, yeah, he looks fantastic. The way he executes his moves is great. You can tell he's got like he's at. His confidence is just through the roof at this point. Like he knows he's the man. Like uh, or through this. But I wanted to ask I you mean, a question. Go on. So because this was the first night, I guess that Hogan would have appeared on the show, right? Is is kind of. What I think saying. it was the first like big show. He'd been on TV, mm. but yeah, like not, they didn't they, they didn't have Nitro at this point, so it would have been just Saturday night. So yeah, yeah, I think he'd be on TV. This was like the, the big big first appearance of, uh, so, of Hogan though. Because of that, I'm assuming that they knew they were going to get a lot of eyeballs. So I feel like Sting was kind of pulling out all the stops. They wanted to oh, see yeah, how much of a how much of a you know big deal Sting was because they knew they were going to get those eyeballs. So um, yeah, it seemed it seemed like he was really turning it on, really showing um, people what he was about in this like uh, short little match. Well, yeah, definitely. Match. I, I think that's quite that's... <laughs> I mean, but I mean, you know, by their standards, it was quite short. Yeah. And also, like ten minutes of that was Ric Flair rolling out of the ring and looking like he didn't know what was going on. So, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's... Oh, <laughs> it served a poor purpose of the larger story, but it, it didn't really help watching the match in isolation. No, it did not. The, the splash to Sherry cracked me up. He I fucking turned her into He really goo. did not like, hold back, did he? He splashed me out. out of her. I thought she like like. I know it was the planned spot, but like the way she took that fall, I thought I thought she knocked herself out. I thought she was dead. I was like, like he just full splashed her, and it's not like she could like hold his weight or anything. It was just she was fantastic as well. And what made me laugh is when he went to go check on her. He goes to check on her by grabbing her hair. <laughs> like what the fuck? It's so true. So it's true. like you okay? Yoink. It, it's not helpful. I'll be honest. Like, you like if she if she genuinely had like knocked herself out, I don't think you're supposed to do that. Somebody might have a neck injury or a head injury. It's like jerk no. the head about while you're pulling <laughs> the head. Like, yeah, exactly. It's not helpful. Like a marionette. Um, yeah, he's obviously not not had first aid training. Clearly, do you know? Do you know what you're definitely not supposed to do, especially if you're Hulk Hogan, is come in and threaten to punch a woman in the face. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on on national television. 
Yeah. Like, you know, I'm going to punch her in the face. And the whole crowd's like, yeah! Yeah. Because that was were wild. The early 90s especially were a weird time where I don't weird think... Time. Like, that is problematic to look back at now. <laughs> Good <laughs> Lord. Like, it's it's not okay. Should I punch you in the face? And the crowd are like, yeah, do it, Hulkster! <laughs> it's just mad. Like, it's absolutely oh, crazy. Uh, but yeah, I, I like. I thought this was a, another good example of Sting looking brilliant in in, uh, in defeat, admittedly, and the mm. finish was silly and all the rest of it. But typical WCW, the, typical of the worst things of WCW, which I also sort of love as well because I love yeah. how shoddily they execute these things. It's always, like it's it's always so badly done. That's where um, the charm comes from, Thomas. Yeah, it, it, it sort of is as well. Like I, I, I kind of do feel that way. Uh, but I, I yeah, it, the match itself, while not brilliant, I think Sting was fantastic in it. And it's yeah. a great example of, again, how over he was with that crowd, the sort of charisma, the the ability, like just, just the, you know, I don't know that was technically his tag partner, but quite literally the total package. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Um, you can't see me, but I'm doing a little thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing gun um, fingers, so. Yeah. <laughs> Business fingers. Um, but yeah, um, I mean, have you got any other thoughts you want to share on Sting or Liger? Uh, no, I mean, I think, um, you know, we know that both have far more, far greater matches than these two. But yeah. I think um, it was a decent representative of the two main, uh, the two main good, like, good things about them. Liger is a professional, technical, uh, you know, legend and Sting is dripping with charisma. And um, yeah, you know, definitely athleticism and stuff. So, yeah, I I have to tell you on a personal note, this is a very difficult one for me because I'm an enormous fan of both of them. Sting was yeah. one of my, <laughs> Sting and Bret Hart, were my two favorite wrestlers growing up. But I also remember seeing Jushin Liger on Eurosport uh, when the, they had the, the weird New Japan coverage that had weird English commentary uh, in the early '90s, and thinking that he looked like this most amazing thing. And I've, I've been slightly obsessed with Jushin Liger kind of ever since I, I, I have a tattoo of his mask on my arm like I I, I, <laughs> I very much uh so this is I'm very torn on this uh I, I think I think we'll, we'll we'll get to the scores and we'll see how this goes uh if it goes the way I think it goes uh I'm not gonna be unhappy either way because to be honest both are incredible so you know are both worthy worthy of being in this tournament moving forward exactly it's, just a, it's a heartbreaker that they got drawn together but you know everyone in this tournament is a legend except robocop uh <laughs> he's not really he, in this tournament <laughs> no 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 we, he was an alternate <laughs> he's, an uh, alternate. So he's on the bench uh, just in case uh i mean to be fair there are some fucking blockbusters coming up we'll, we'll get on to that in a bit when we, when we uh we've done the scores decide who's gone through I'll just run you through who's left, and it's it's a it's still quite the field. Um, mm. Okay, so we have been judging these, and we'll continue to judge them on uh, five categories: uh, in ring ability, charisma slash overness, star power, versatility, and storytelling. So, uh, I have the the uh, the spreadsheet in front of me. So, uh, excellent, uh, folks, if you hear some typing, that that'll be me. Also, that creaking noise is my chair. It's a bit. It needs to be oiled. So you probably are hearing that. Sorry. Um, but, you know, I can't afford a new chair. So. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, right. That's me moving my, uh, my uh, keyboard as well. Sorry, because I've got a weird setup up with my various screens and bits and bobs in the command center. The, the, the cube center, if you will. The cube center. The cube cube. 
Uh, the, the cube cube yeah yes yes uh, <laughs> yeah yeah i like to think of it like like a uh, hulk hogan's ship from the beginning of suburban commando yeah exactly that's that's yeah. exactly what it is yeah yeah it's, it all have to watch a much nicer paint job obviously <laughs> we have yeah. we have to do suburban commando for uh for the, for the oh yeah we should definitely do that bear in mind that we did an episode of baywatch we should definitely do suburban commando <laughs> you definitely have to do suburban commando. hey the undertaker's in it yeah exactly He's one of the bounty hunters, and the other one is the fake Razor Ramon. So I mean, it's uh, it's got wrestling connections all over the place, all over, all over. God damn it! Right. So, uh, Jushin Thunder Liger out of five uh, in ring ability. Uh, that's a Cinco. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go similar. I think uh, I don't know how how else we could do that. Uh, charisma slash overness. Uh, I'm gonna give him a three. Yeah, now, obviously, I, I... guys. We're going by the matches that we watched. Obviously, yeah. his career it did not span a million years because he has three in charisma overall. But <laughs> you know, three. my uh, star power, star power. Or I mean, in the in these matches, it's a two because he's not a star. Uh, I think I think I think you can bring in your own personal feelings as well, like in larger okay, sense. But these matches are to inform and remind rather than yeah. Okay, so and then if it's a then that's definitely a four because he's one of the biggest stars in the history yeah. of wrestling, right? One of the biggest characters, uh, one uh, of the I biggest characters, fair. yeah. To, to be saying, yeah. Uh, versatility. Ooh, that's an interesting one. I'm going to say four as well because I think. Um, in terms of, if you talk about in-ring versatility, he can do whatever you need him to do. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, storytelling. Uh, well, that's an interesting one. Yeah, that, that's, that might be a... I'm going to go with a four as well, actually. Well, I'm actually going to give him a three there, because as much as I love him, I'm not sure that, given that these matches are the main informative factor, even with my own personal knowledge, I don't know that that's always that. It's much more difficult to tell a story when you're wearing a mask. I think that's mm. always going to knock a few points off, so I'm, I'm going to give him a three there. Okay. Okay. So, same question for Sting. In-ring in, in ability. In-ring ability is a three. Okay. It's great. Gonna... You know, what he does is great, but it's okay. not that... Te- you know, he, he he does what he needs to do. He's, he's not out here, you know, doing all yeah. sorts of complicated technical shit. But I, it, it I think he's better out. than I thought he was, so I, I'm going to give him a four, but only because, mm. I, I, like, in my head, I was thinking that he's actually, like, you know, he, that, he, that he's not as good as he is, but actually watching these matches again, he's actually pretty, he's pretty, he's much he's better good. than I remember. Yeah. What, um, he so, does what needs to be done, and it's oh, yeah. good. So. I, I don't think, I think I can pretty much uh, answer the next one easily enough. Uh, charisma slash overness. That's a five. Yeah, same as. Uh, star power. That's also a five. Uh, versatility. Ooh, interesting. So, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, bringing in, knowing wh- where his character goes, like, it might yeah. also be a five, but... Um, I, yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, if that's where you want to go. I, I, I think based, based on, on these matches... It's a three. I, I'm going to go split, split the difference and go a four. So I think that's okay. that's uh yeah that's that's pretty good, and then storytelling. Uh, I'm gonna go with a four actually. I think um for storytelling, um for these matches because I yeah. mean yeah because it, actually they're fantastic the stories that they do tell. Well, the story that he tells in that Mick Foley match is very good. I like that a lot. I like uh, where yeah. you're going with it. So I'm gonna go with a four. 
I, I'd agree with that. I'm also going for a four. I think that while uh, in general, I would in general terms, I think you go higher because I think he does tell great stories overall. I do think that in these matches, one of them they tell a great story, the other one not so much. But I don't think that's down to Sting. I think what he no. does in the ring, in terms of being, as I know I've said it so many times, but the the whole baby face in peril job, I think does does tell a great story, especially when he does the fiery comeback and you know. Like the the body part work that he did with it does in the match with with Flair is also pretty good. His selling's very good. So I, I think I'm gonna gonna go with a four there. Um, okay, so we have scores. So Jusin right. Badalaga has scored a score of forty. Forty, the same as uh, Kazuchika Okada. Yep, it's a very respectable score. Uh, but just Edgingham is staying with forty two. 42. That's, I, I, mean, think, look, I think that's fair. It's close. Yeah. I think the telling factor is that those two tens that he got for, for charisma slash overness and star power, because yeah. I don't think it's hard to make an argument against that, I think, really. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, how do you really? I mean, his thing is WCW. Fucking megastar, even in yeah. just these matches. Like, it's, it's insane. From the ups and downs. To the bitter end, Sting was WCW through and through. He was he was that you know the heart and soul of that organization yeah. in terms of like you know who's for the sure guy that stands out. You know that was always there uh, through all of the dumb the shit. Yeah, exactly. Not Shane Douglas. No, <laughs> it's definitely not Shane Douglas. <laughs> Good job, Nick. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like he he is you know he he was WCW very much so and. You know, I think that's why it's so fitting that he's an AEW now because he, I don't know, it's just it's fitting that he's there as a legend because he's he was WCW and AEW. There's a lot of connective tissue there, and yeah, it it feels it feels like a nice a nice nod towards uh, the legacy of you know a lot of where that company's roots are. So yeah, it's it's a it's a cool thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm not unhappy. I mean, it, I'm sad to see Liger go out so early, but at the same time, you know. It, 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 like realistically, it's, it's the right call. I think Sting to go through. Yeah, I agree. Cool. Uh, so just to run you through what we've got left in the tournament. So we are yes. uh, we are at the halfway point of the first round because um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we spread these out a little. Hey, uh, it's the a next long round. The it's next round is the next round is Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Undertaker. Oh, dude, what? How did yep. that happen? We did not see this draw. correctly. It was a blind draw. We didn't uh, see it. Yeah. You know um, what? The That's thing is more exciting. The thing is, though, is I don't know. For that one, we could actually just do all matches against each other because actually there are enough of them. Yeah. I don't know. We'll have a thing. We'll have a thing. That's going to be um, a difficult one. Maybe, maybe because it's such a. Oh, man. It's such an intense round that we have to go. We have to go with the. Uh, some good shit. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think maybe we do like a couple of matches of them against each other, and then yeah, one match each of something really good that they can that offer as sense. an extra. Yeah, because yeah. you know, and I think that makes sense. Um, after that, it's Hogan versus Flair. Oh, geez. I mean, yep, that... I, I have my own bias. Yeah, I mean, we all. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, um, I mean, also the in, in ring side of that, I, I think one person is going to take <laughs> that much better than the other. Yeah, no, <laughs> but then the star power might have to be a ten. Yeah, the other, so I, I think it, I think it, I think it evens out. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and then then we've got our uh, the last two, which are the oddest pairings I can think of, uh, which is RVD and Goldberg. Oh, that's a fantastic! Oh god, I can't wait for that. That's, that's do you know what? That's actually quite hard so to call as well. Like thinking about it because they offer such different things. Yeah, that's so random. Um, I cannot wait. For and that. the last one is uh, is a uh, and you know like on paper this seems like a slam dunk for one of them, but actually I'm not so sure that it is. Uh, right. It is uh, Shawn Michaels and Scott Steiner. Oh god, this is. I mean, it feels like a slam dunk to me, but we'll see. Well, <laughs> you know what? You know what, Daniel? The numbers they don't lie. They don't lie. That's the thing. And that's supposed disaster for you. <laughs> I don't know who's provided me more joy, though. That's, that's the This hard, is the thing. That's the I, I don't know. Made it, me more happy. Like, I'm going to have to... The match selection is going to have to be really, really uh, specific for this. But, I, yeah. <laughs> if we go on promos alone, we know who wins this. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously going to include the maths promo regardless. I mean, surely that is... That, that's happening. Like who's the better? Who's the bigger ladies man? The sexy boy or or big, big pop pop? <laughs> Holler if you hear me to all the freaks out there. Like oh wow, this is actually you know what? It's gonna be difficult. <laughs> I mean you know the, the battle of the ladies men in in very very different ways. One seems more yeah. of a seductor and one seems more aggressive about it all. But you know <laughs> I mean, one seems you know. like uh, he'll end up in jail. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not that we're not casting any aspersions about which one of those is which. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's true. It's uh, yeah, exactly. You know, we're, yeah, we're not blind. Podcast. Please, don't <laughs> Please don't sue us. I have no money. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Please. Don't. Uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, so, so the rest of the tournament's looking pretty good. Um, cool. Okay. Well, um, obviously, yeah. If you're listening to this, uh, you have obviously found us, and you can continue to find us at SoundCloud.com/WrestleCube. Uh, you can find us at uh, WrestleCube on uh, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, Acast, really anywhere you get your podcasts. Look for WrestleCube and you'll find us and we will be there. Uh, our whole back catalogue is up there as well. Uh, it's particularly along nicely. We're up to, I think this is episode 16, which is, yeah. is pretty good going. Um, Given we do it quite sporadically, uh, so <laughs> I, I'm proud of us. God damn it! So I, I, we're sticking with it. That's the main thing. Exactly. We're going to get to the end of this tournament, if nothing else. <laughs> exactly. Um, awesome. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So uh, also, you, you can obviously find us at uh, Facebook.com/slash WrestleCube, and we're at WrestleCube on Instagram and on uh, Twitter. I don't know why I was blanking on the name of the social media there because <laughs> they're ubiquitous parts of my life, and yet still couldn't quite remember. So so there's that. Uh, um, yeah. Um, obviously, you know, rate, review, subscribe, all that, all that good stuff. Um, get in touch if you've got any feedback questions you know the usual stuff the huge uh the huge um and yeah um until next time uh i've been tom Limner. and i've been daniel little qb akinbola did you say little qb i you know what i didn't know what i said i was gonna say l cube <laughs> and then i was gonna say lay lay cube and i said a l l cube you could have gone so for really cuberino or el cuberino the cubo cubonium <laughs> El Cubo yeah. was here. Uh, El Cubo, baby. That's um, me. But yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, so uh, we've been the Wrestle Cube. And uh, thanks for listening. And so long, folks. Cube.